Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We are a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. All alive and kicking. You know, when you watch that video and you look throughout the years at what God has done, uh, we're reminded that echoes are powerful and one, one, one year's giving echoes into the next year, doesn't it? It's amazing. It's beautiful to see just in the last few years what's taken place. You know, an echo, the definition of it is a repetition of the original sound. A repetition of the original sound. And the principle, actually, church, of repeating and echoing what's important is a deeply biblical principle. God has always created echoes throughout generations by speaking to leaders. And then he tasks those leaders with repeating and echoing the voice in their head and the voice in their ears to the people that he loves. God has always called us to be people who echo his voice. God has always asked his people to create an echo. We leave an echo in our lives through the words that we speak, and we leave an echo in our lives through the lives that we live. The Norquay family is just one of several families in our church where the grandparents have left an echo to the parents who are leaving an echo to the children. How? Through their lives. God has always called us to be people who leave echoes. Moses was an echo to God when he received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Exodus 19.25 tells us that Moses went down to the people and told them what the Lord had said. Moses echoed what he'd heard from God. Joshua was an echo to Moses. Deuteronomy 34 and 9 tells us that Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Watch this. For Moses had laid his hands on him. Moses had put an echo into Joshua. So the people of Israel obeyed him just as the Lord had commanded Moses. There was an echo happening in Joshua's life of Moses' life. Elisha was an echo to his mentor, Elijah. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9 tells us that when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for, for you before I'm taken away? And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. Please let me echo you, is what he was asking. John the Baptist was an echo to Isaiah. Scripture tells us that. He said, in Matthew 3, 3, it says the prophet Isaiah was speaking about John. In other words, Isaiah knew that John would echo him. Here's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming, clear the road for him. Jesus was an echo to his father God. John 15, 15 tells us that I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Watch what he says. Now you are my friends. Why? Since I've told you everything the Father has told me. I've echoed everything the Father has told me I've echoed on to you. God even echoed himself. Did you know that? In Matthew 3, 17, as Jesus was being baptized, it says, a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Well, those same words were heard by Jesus a little bit later on in scripture. In Matthew 17, 5, when Jesus was being transfigured on the mountain, those same words, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased, were spoken to him. God even echoed himself. Timothy, young Timothy, 
he was an echo to his mentor, Paul. Paul gets to the end of his life, he realizes Timothy's going to be his echo. Timothy must be his echo. You know, the only thing we leave church in life is an echo of the, of the lives that we've invested in. 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, he says, you've heard me teach these things, right? Confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now, teach these truths, echo these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Paul has in mind here a fourfold echo. It's Paul, Timothy, now Timothy, teach these to other trustworthy people, number three, who will in return echo it to other people, number four. Paul knew the importance of echoes through generations. You know, you need three things for an echo. You need the source of the sound, you need the sound waves themselves, and then you need a surface upon which the, for the, upon which the sound needs to land. You can have a, a source and you can have sound, but the primary determinant, the biggest thing that determines whether an echo is effective or not is the surface upon which the sound lands. T, would you mind coming on up, dude? He's gonna, he's gonna show us some strength here this morning. Three things that a surface needs to be. Here's, here's the surface, here's the source of the sound, me, the sound waves, and they hit a surface. Do you notice how soft the surface is? Just give it a bend for us here. See how soft, pliable it is? That's because it's designed to absorb the sound. This is, this is sound cladding. You'll notice we've got it around the auditorium in specific places. Why? So that the sound is absorbed. Notice how soft it is. This is not gonna echo anything because it's soft. In order for a surface Will you get the granite for us to see things? In order for a surface to echo effectively, it's gotta be, it's gotta be solid. It's gotta be strong. Just bend it for us, T. Okay, it's not happening. See how strong this granite is? In order for a surface to echo, it's gotta be strong. It can't be absorbent. Have you ever noticed how self-absorbed people never pass anything on in their lives? Because they just absorb what gets given to them. They absorb you know, the job that they're given. They absorb the salary. They absorb the teaching. They're just like, like feed me, Seymour, feed me. I'll come to church to get fed, you know. Feed me. And they just absorb it and they keep it and it never echoes on. It never bounces off of them. It never has an impact upon anybody else. First thing a surface has got to be you and I. If we're going to be effective surfaces that echo, it's got to be strong. Secondly, it's got to be smooth. A, a good surface that echoes well is always smooth. Rough surfaces actually break up the sound waves. Whereas when a, a sound wave hits a smooth surface, it stays intact. The sound wave stays intact. That's why the echo is so effective, because the sound wave has actually stayed intact. Have you ever noticed how people with rough edges never echo things well? Rough edges, you know, they, they're easily offended. They, they've got the spirit of independence. Oh, I'm going to do it my way or no, it's my way or the highway. They're, they're skeptical, they're critical, they're judgmental. They're selfish, they're self-absorbed, they're apathetic, they're lethargic, they're, they're lazy. Being around somebody with a rough edge, you know it, because when you get up close to them, oh, you, they're prickly, aren't they? Some of you are thinking about your boss right now. Some of you are thinking about the person sitting next to you, so just stick straight ahead. 
If you, if you and I are going to be effective surfaces that echo well, we've, we, need, we need to be strong. Secondly, we need to be smooth. When we're smooth surfaces, we're submitted. We're under the vision. We're submitted to the vision. We're hearing clearly. We're listening carefully. We're absorbing, and then we're echoing it out. We're becoming a beautiful, smooth surface, ready to echo what powerfully what God is saying to our leaders, and we're ready to echo that message to our teams. Thirdly, the surface needs to be close. The closer the surface, come closer T, the clearer and more powerful the echo. The further the distance, the less effective and the more vague and the more faded and the more distant the echo is. But the closer the surface is, the more effective the echo is. You know, when we're close to the source, that's when we echo effectively. When we're people who are leaning in, we're people who take notes, we've, we've got a posture of yes. There's a posture of amen to our lives, not a posture that sits back and kind of waits to see who impressed me. You with me? We're, we're close. You, you can have a megaphone. You can have a megaphone in your hands, but if the source is not close, the echo is not going to happen. If the surface is soft or rough or far away, but when we're close and we're strong and we're smooth surfaces, then the sound that hits us gets echoed out to the world around us. Are you guys with me? Thanks, T. Let's give him a round of applause. When you think about it, an echo is, speaks to harmony because an echo is a repetition of an original sound. The sound lives on. It's, a, it's harmony. There's a, there's a togetherness about it, isn't it? Psalm 133 tells us the fantastic result of people who are living in harmony, of people who are echoing each other. It says how truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity, to see them echoing each other. It's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard, running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping from the skies of Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promises of life forevermore. Let me give you three results of a church working in harmony. Three results of a church echoing the vision given to its leaders and echoing it to its community. Number one, the harmony of an echo like that brings anointing. We see that from verse two. You see, you see the sacred scented oils described. Anytime, church, you see in scripture oil being uh, described, particularly sacred scented oil, you know it's talking about the anointing. There's the touch of God on it when a church is working together. When a community is echoing each other, there's something sacred about it. Hey, there's something special about it. There's something that, ah, oh, this works. And you know it when you walk into a church where there's that kind of echo. Secondly, the harmony of a church echoing its leadership, of echoing where the vision is going, is it brings blessing. We see that in verse three, the dew. It says this heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies of Mount Hermon. I was, I was reading about dew because I was trying to, I mean, apparently 
in, in the Middle Eastern areas, dew can, can cause significant growth of plant life and that. And I, we underestimate dew in our country. So I was reading up about dew. I, I discovered something called cloud forests. Costa Rica, apparently, particularly, has something called cloud forests. These forests are above the clouds. So they don't get rain because they're above the clouds. So it rains down, right? Not up. <laughs> so how do they get their moisture? They get their moisture from the, the permanent dew that's in the air. Look at those forests. Look how lush and green they are. Scripture says that when a church is and when a community and when people are working together and when they're echoing what's being given to them, they're like that kind of forest. There's always growth. There's always provision. There's always a moving forward. There's always a something new sprouting up. It's never dry, it's never barren, it's never like, oh, it's, it's never like, like preaching to rocks, it's like preaching to responsive people. I said it's never like preaching to rocks, it's, <laughs> you get the point. Because Jesus said the rocks would cry out if you muchus don't respond. Number three, the harmony of an echo brings legacy. See that in the last verse, right at the end, it says that God will release his eternal blessing. What? promise of life forever. In other words, it goes on. Legacy from one generation to another, to another. From Derek and Melanie to Andrew and Karen to Hayden and Callum. Are you with me? It goes on. That's what Vision Offering 2018 is all about. It's about the legacy that our investment and our sowing will leave. We're going to be looking to take the existing office blocks that we've got where the offices are, and we're going to be converting that. It's going to give us well over 100 square meters of extra kids' zone space. We're going to be converting that to kids' zone space. Why? So that the kids can continue to grow, so that the legacy we leave, so that the next generation can continue to grow. You'll see some pictures of what it is that we've got in mind there. Just fantastic, age-appropriate, fun, vibrant, rocking, beautiful environments for kids. When I walk around and I chat to people, they're, they're, so many of them say, oh, my kids just, my kids are what wake me up every Sunday morning. Most of you have got your kids to thank for being in church because they love it so much. One of the things that's been on our hearts is to create a special needs class for kids with special needs. And um, so we're gonna take a step of faith and do that. And what God calls the always resources you know, after I mentioned it last week, I had a person phone us in the week and say, hey, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm trained with, with kids with special needs. I understand sensory issues, visual, auditory issues. I've, I've been specially trained as an occupational therapist for children. And I heard from somebody in our church, thank you, whoever you are, just get the message out, all of you. They said, hey, our church is going to be creating a special needs class, and I'd love to be involved. How can I help? I said, well, you could get into a class and come teach on a Sunday. So I said, but I don't know if you come to our church or I don't know if you follow Jesus. They said, well, I'm coming to your church now. So that's awesome. So God will resource that. So we want to do that. We're also going to leave a legacy by creating an echo into Mozambique. You, many of you would know we've got a, a, a fantastic work that's been going on there for a number of years at a little town called 25 kilometers north of Maputo. And the church that we've been busy with there working for years They've just recently had a church building that's been put up there, but they need a kids' building. The kids meet at the moment under a tree on a Sunday, which is not great, because if it rains, 
or if it's super hot, or, you know. So we're going to take 10% of our offering and we're going to build that for them. And we're trusting that that will leave a legacy and leave an echo even into Mozambique. One final thought about surfaces. The more smooth, strong, close surfaces there are, the bigger the echo is. The more surfaces there are, the more the echo. Every single one of us has an opportunity to be a surface this morning. How do you be a surface? You be a surface by sowing, investing financially into it. The more surfaces there are, we can't do without one surface this morning. We need every surface, every surface. Some of you might be new to church and might be asking yourselves the question, hey, why, why, do, why do we do this thing called a vision offering? What's the, why do we receive a special offering called a vision offering? We do it so that we can see the vision that God's given for this community, this church, so that we can see it come to pass, so that we can see God's house move forward, so that we can see it take ground and become all that God intended it to be. We do it because when you look at the video, remember where we were five years ago or 10 years ago? We do it because faithful people sat 10 years ago and invested and sowed so that this auditorium could be put up. In fact, much more than 10 years ago. Hey, Pastor Steve, 16 years ago. Yeah. Imagine if it weren't for them. Now, people are going to be sitting in the chair you're in five, 10 years from now and going, imagine if it weren't for them. So that's why we receive a vision offering. Some of you might have been in church a couple years and might be remembering, we used to call this miracle offering. Why have we changed the name to vision offering? We've changed the name because we felt like vision offering more closely aligned and reflected and echoed what the purpose of this is, is to see the vision advance. I was always a little concerned that the name miracle offering implies that if you sow or invest, God's going to do a miracle in your life. Now he might do so. Is God good and is he faithful? Does he want to bless us? Absolutely. But does God guarantee a miracle because we sow and invest? Absolutely not. God's no vending machine. You don't pop, you know, a million rand in, which is what many of you are going to be giving. Don't laugh. I'm not, do you check me laughing? You don't, you don't sow and invest and, and, and God's going to out pops a miracle. No, you sow and invest because the miracle is seeing the vision move forward. Are you with me this morning? We we receive a vision offering because God doesn't want to take something for you. He wants to release something in you. God doesn't need your money, my money. But you need to give. He doesn't need your money. Because somebody else next to you could fund, you know, there could be some Bill Gates sitting and could sort it all out. But you need to give. I need to give. We need to give. Why? Because it stops me from being selfish. It stops me from being self-absorbed. It stops Candace and and our family from using 100% of our finance on ourselves. Like if you're a Christ follower, your finance cannot only go to yourself. You can't read scripture and hoard your money. You just can't. We receive a vision offering because 
Budget simply maintains, but vision is the fuel of progress. Vision is the fuel of progress. Some of you might be sitting here saying, how does this different? Just talk to me about how is this different from, say, my normal tithes and offerings? Well, let me take you to an incredible passage in 1 Chronicles 29. King David's getting ready to lay the foundations now for, for, the, the, for the work that's going to happen in Israel as they build God a temple. And it and tells us that King David said to the entire assembly, he said, to the entire Thrive Church, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is still young and inexperienced, and the work is great, for the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. I want to say this to you, there will always be more vision than there is resource, because the work is great and it's for God. If you're saying, oh, but every year there's something new, absolutely, because the work is for God, it's not for man. There must always be a great work when it's for God. There must always be a stretch when it's for God. It must always be uncomfortable when it's for God. There must never be a settledness and a stagnancy and a staying. There must always be something more. There has to be something more. Why? Because it's for God, not for man. And he goes, now with all my ability, in other words, all my ability, watch this, I've provided for the house of God. And he goes on and he describes it. And then in verse three, drop down to where it's underlined, it says, moreover, in my delight in the house of God, the treasure I have of gold and silver, your delight in the house of God will always cause you to give. If you're battling to, to part with your money, it's because you don't delight in the house of God. But you can. He says, I give to the house of my God, watch this, over and above all that I've already provided. Over and above. And then he goes, Next, drop down to the underlined section. Who then is willing? And that's the question that every leader has to ask his people. Who's willing? Who's willing? That's the question I'll always be asking us is who's willing? And then in verse six, it tells us that the leaders responded. They responded before the people. The people responded as well, but the leaders responded first. It says the rulers, the princes, the commanders, the overseers, they all offered willingly. And then it goes on to tell you exactly what they offered. It's a biblical principle. What I'm about to share with you now is what our leaders have committed to. We vision cast this to them on Tuesday night. And that's biblical. Always talk to the leaders first. Take the leaders and let them respond. Encourage you as the congregation with what the leaders have done. You see how he goes through and he tells them exactly what the leaders have done. Well, you came to know what your leaders have already sown and invested. Just from Tuesday through to this morning, the leaders that have responded cumulatively have responded with 763,200 rand. Isn't that awesome? Give them a big round of applause. That builds my faith. I don't know about you, but that builds my faith. Thank you to each and every one of you who's sitting here who've already responded like that. Firstly, I want to say this. Generosity is the fragrance of gratitude. How do you know when you're grateful? When you give, when you're generous. Calm said it so eloquently this morning that when, when we're grateful for what God has done in our lives, we can't help but give. I read an incredible story the other day about a salt mine in eastern Poland it's called the Velitska salt mine. This salt mine was discovered in 1200 AD by a rich duke 
who then set about mining the, the salt deposits from the mine. What they didn't know at the time and what was not found out until hundreds of years later is that the miners in the salt mine decided that they didn't want to simply take from what was in the mine, but they wanted to leave an echo, a deposit, a, a reminder of their lives in the mines. And so they began to build these beautiful things. They built statues out of salt. They built a chapel. They even bought, built a full-on cathedral. Today you can go and you can drop 200 meters into the earth and you can go and look at what the miners did with the salt mine that they were given. They made a decision that they weren't just going to take from this place that they'd been given to, to work. They made a decision that they were going to leave an echo of their lives. Hundreds of years later, people are standing, looking at the deposit that they left, at the echo that they left, at the beauty they left. Can I say this to you this morning, church? Years from now, people are going to be sitting, saying, I'm thank God for this church, these people on the 4th of November who left an echo, who decided not just to take from the community, but to invest into it, to leave something behind, something that's beautiful, something that's transcendent, something that leaves an echo, something that lasts years and years and years down the line. This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.